0: This is Women's Leadership Success Radio, episode number 79. In spite of all the attention and lip service promoting diversity in Fortune 500 companies and an increase in highly qualified, educated, and motivated women in the workforce, women still remain greatly underutilized in corporate leadership. Here are the facts. Only 15% of women are in senior leadership positions, 17% on boards, and only 4% are CEOs. Now here's the good news. Our guest is an expert in leadership development and has researched the long-standing hurdles that women experience in corporate culture. In this interview, she shares specific strategies and approaches to guide you beyond blocks and into positions of top leadership.
1: Welcome to Women's Leadership Podcast, showing you how to influence people, improve your performance, and advance your career. Brought to you by Women's Leadership and Career expert Sabrina Brom and Women'sLeadershipSuccess.com. Here's your chance to meet women trendsetters leading the way to success, accomplishment, and balance in business and life. No matter if you're a manager, CEO, or entrepreneur. Join Sabrina for coaching and no-nonsense advice to improve your career and bottom line.
0: This is womensleadershipsuccess.com radio. Today I'm delighted to introduce you to Dr. Joelle J., who is a principal with the Leadership Research Institute an executive coach and keynote speaker. Joelle specializes in the advancement of executive women, and she is proud to have supported the development of top talent in positions of leadership for many successful companies, including MetLife, Adobe, and Microsoft. She is also the co-author with Howard Morgan of The New Advantage, How Women in Leadership Create Win-Wins for Their Companies and Themselves. And I want to say this is one of the best books I've read this year. I've already recommended it to about 20 different people, and so, um, Joelle, welcome, and I'm very excited to have you on our program today.
2: Thank you. I'm pleased to be here.
0: I um, I really like your book, and it's one of those books that there's no way we can cover everything you talk about in this book. There's, there's It's what I call dense. There's a lot of good information. Uh, but I was really, really interested beca- in the approach that you and, and uh, Howard took on this how did you happen to decide to write this book, and what's different about your approach for advancing women?
2: Well, Howard and I are both executive coaches, and we recognized several years ago that we had clients who were executives who were women who were experiencing different kinds of challenges than our clients who were men. And so we decided to write a book that would help identify what were those stopping points and how could we break through them. And what we did in our conversations was realize that we had two very different perspectives. So, I, as a woman speaking to women and coaching women, saw things one way, and he, as a man coaching women, saw things very, very differently. So, we were able to put those perspectives into the book. You know, as coaches, very often we think that our job is to help people uncover their own answers, but it turns out that for women in leadership, we actually need some new information. And so what Howard and I tried to do in the book was to give some of that information that women are really missing and then coach them with some new perspectives to break past those barriers.
0: I think that's that's really neat. And the other thing I found in the book was that some of the things that you brought up, I hadn't read other places or even had people that I interviewed talk about. So I'm hoping some of those little nuggets will come out today in this interview. What what are some of the challenges that you see for women in leadership? Well,
2: many of them will be familiar to women who are in leadership positions. Um, They don't get promoted in the time that they would expect to. They feel they have to prove themselves more than their male peers seem to have to do, Um, no matter how good their performance is. Sometimes they just don't get the advancement they're looking for And some of the challenges that compound that also are the fact that there are fewer role models for women in positions of leadership. Um, Corporate offices tend to be quite masculine in their culture, and so sometimes that's countercultural for women. All of these kinds of challenges add up to help perpetuate that same pattern that has been around for so long in which women advance to a certain level of the company, and then they find themselves stopped.
0: (laughs) That's so true. And and yet there are advantages for businesses having more women. What are those advantages?
2: There are lots of advantages. And what I find really exciting is that companies are understanding this more and more. Research has shown that companies with more women in leadership are more profitable, they're more productive, they have higher performance. And not insignificantly, they also reflect the market. Women own the lion's share of buying decisions around the world, and so when companies have women on their boards and their executive teams and their leadership positions, they become companies that resonate better with their market uh,
0: and uh, how how can women use that to their advantage how would How would a woman promote that in the company or um help the company to understand that
2: well. One way is to understand the research, just to empower themselves to know how valuable they really are. When women understand that they are valuable to their company, that their voices are important, that they bring a perspective that no one else brings, and they empower themselves to lead with that, with confidence and competence, then they really become a very important part of the leadership team, and then they prove their worth themselves.
0: Great. And... You talk about those breakthrough advantages for women. What what do you mean by that?
2: Well, earlier we were talking about how women tend to get stopped at a certain level of the organization. The breakthrough advantages are the ones where it turns out that if women can identify the stopping point, get some good information about what's going on there, then they can actually turn that liability into an advantage and continue to move forward. So what used to be a challenge now becomes really one of the greatest advantages they have.
0: Can you give an example of that?
2: Sure. Well, there are nine advantages in the book that we talk about, and they include things like networking. Women sometimes don't have networks that are as powerful as their male peers do. Or executive presence. Sometimes women are stopped because they are not seen as being as powerful in a leadership position as a man would be, whether that's conscious or unconscious. But with a little bit of information, women can understand what they need to do to bring an executive presence so that others will see them as powerful and worthy of stepping into that really senior level position
0: can you can you just go a little, stop there and go a little more into the executive presence because that seems to be one i notice when i'm when i'm coaching people that a lot of times women are missing can you talk about what that is i know it's a little bit elusive but yes yeah and
2: it's critical you know i think about executive presence as being Um, having the look of a leader, so that other people see you when you walk into a room and you command authority, you know what you're talking about, you have expertise, and you're willing and able to talk about it effectively, you put your company first, and you see yourself and expect others to see you as a businesswoman. These are all elements of executive presence. That kind of gravitas and confidence and authority is crucial for women to develop, and it's once again, countercultural. Women really haven't been raised generally to bring that kind of demeanor. So it's very important for them to recognize um, how they come across as a leader and what contributes to that.
0: Joel, how would you practice that?
2: Well, number one, it's important to know your business. Executive presence almost by definition means being present, as a leader, and leaders think about things like results. They know their numbers, their They're effective. So being prepared is extremely important. Being bold is also important, so being willing to have an opinion, state that opinion, even if it's not the same opinion as others at the table. Um, having a vision and being able to describe that vision, these are all aspects of executive presence that really help women practice communicating in a different and more powerful way.
0: Mm-hmm really really makes sense do you have an example of someone that didn't have it and then got it one
2: of the leaders that I worked with was an executive at a large global insurance company and when I met her I will say she struck me as fairly diminutive she's small in stature and it's just not someone who was very um, bold or charismatic however She had a tremendous reputation for being an exceptional businesswoman, got amazing results, consistently high performance, but she also had a reputation for not being part of the team. So she had a habit of sitting in the back, which in her mind was perfectly neutral, but was seen by others as being putting herself last. She had a quiet demeanor. She wasn't a loud, brash person, uh, but she was seen by others as not contributing, So what she did was she learned how she was perceived as a leader. And by having that information, she got good feedback. I certainly coached her for a while on this so that we could make some changes. She was able to express herself differently, make different decisions, and and understand a new perspective on herself as a leader, that she was someone who was asked to be at the table because she had great ideas. She had something to contribute. They wanted her presenting, sitting up front, and being part of the discussion. When she did that, her whole demeanor changed. When she walked into a room the last time I saw her, she commanded presence, she looked tall and strong, made eye contact, spoke with authority, and really was not only seen as but actually had become one of the strongest leaders in the room.
0: Do you see a connection between doing that and public speaking? I know you do public speaking. Is there something that somebody can learn from learning to speak in public that would help them with executive Presence?
2: That's a great question. Many of the um, the things that hold people back with executive presence, I think, could be aided by good communication skills, speaking skills. Um, being practiced communicating your opinion and formulating your thoughts clearly and efficiently would be, I think, very good training for executive presence. It's not everything. I think there are other things also that go beyond the, the way that you speak to what you say and how much you believe it, um, what your message is, um, and all of those things really help contribute to the shaping of a leader
0: and you could practice your message, yes, so you don't you you could reflect on it, you could practice it, you could say it out loud to somebody
2: yes so one of the things that I like to poach leaders on, and women in particular really seem to benefit from this, is being able to articulate what I call their concrete, measurable results, and this is something they can practice, where you can say very clearly and succinctly what the value is that you bring, what value you bring to the company or to the organization or the meeting. Um, So it's being able to say, you know, as a result of my efforts to do X, Y, or Z, here's what we've accomplished, and here's what that means for the company. It's a very powerful message, and that's a good example of something that you can practice so that you come across a stronger presence.
0: Beautiful. What's another advantage that's important?
2: Well, one of the other advantages is about performance. Out of the nine advantages, Howard and I have found that performance is probably the one that matters most.
0: Can you share more about that?
2: One of the things that we have seen in research is that women tend to get promoted when they prove themselves. Men apparently only have to show potential. Uh, So in other words, it's easier for a man to get promoted, whether or not he's proven himself in his prior job, than it is for a woman. Mm -hmm. Anyway, that's what the research shows. So for women, more so than men, it's very critical that they know what they're being measured by and how well they perform. Some industries do this so naturally and so well that it really lends itself to a meritocracy where people who perform the best are given the best opportunities. But there are many other industries and roles or companies where that's not the case. And so it's incumbent upon each and every individual leader to know, where am I expected to achieve? Where do I really want to excel? What difference do I want to make? And can I articulate that in such a way that other people see it too? That way, when it comes to advancement or promotion or opportunities, there's no question as to whether this leader has deserved or earned that promotion because the results are so strong and impossible to miss.
0: Joelle, who would who would you would you do this on your own, or would you check with your boss, or how would who would you get feedback from?
2: Absolutely, you would check with everyone that makes sense to check with. This is the kind of information that you really want to get right, but different people will have a different perspective. Mm -hmm. Your boss or your manager will be looking for certain kinds of metrics, you know, achieving against his or her goals, aligning to the vision of the company, but there are other people on their teams, for example, who may be looking for other kinds of results. Um, How productive is the team? How well does the team Work together. How clear is the leader in communicating the vision and following through on it? Um, you, as an individual, may have particular goals that you want to meet. Maybe you're exceeding your goals in some area and not just meeting them. Or maybe there are new skills you want to exhibit and you want to show people that you can do, and so you look for opportunities to show that. So it's a great area to get feedback and talk to people about, you know, what does success look like? How would you describe my best outcomes? And then you can calibrate that against your own opinion to get a really strong vision for what success will mean to you. And then you can go after that with clarity and purpose.
0: And it also begins to um, point out to everyone on the team that you're interested in developing yourself and you'd like to get promoted. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and it, it leads right into the next question, which is what is what is election and how might it affect your getting promoted?
2: Well, so one of the nine advantages is advancement, actually being promoted into a higher position. Mm -hmm. When I talk about advancement and promotion, sometimes I like to define those terms a little differently. When it comes to advancement, it may be that you actually want a promotion or it may be that you want a new opportunity or different responsibilities or expansion of your role. It could be that what you want is better flexibility, a different kind of schedule, more time for yourself. There are all kinds of ways that people see themselves as improving their career. That's one word I like to redefine, especially for women, because we have an expanded view of what it means for us to succeed, and I encourage women to define that for themselves. That leads us to election. Once you know how you want to advance, you need to think about whether other people also agree? It used to be that if you got promoted, it was because your manager saw you doing a good job and gave you an opportunity. Now corporate environments are so connected. They're collaborative, global, matrix, that it takes a group of people, to make a decision and to think about how the company will grow and change and who will take what positions. In that kind of a setting, it's not enough to have one person lobbying for your advancement or promotion. It's important to have a lot of people who know you, know you well, know how well you do in your job, (coughs) know what you want for advancement and are willing to speak to that for you. That's a very powerful message. And so you end up not just being promoted because someone moved you from one role to a next, but you end up being elected to a new situation because so many people believe in you and want to see you have that.
0: I love that and it's and also you have an opportunity to share skill sets you have that maybe you haven't been doing at work. Maybe you have a degree in something or you worked in an industry that nobody even knows about that could be useful to your company.
2: Yes, that's really true. And one of the main takeaway messages of the New Advantage is that when women are the most successful, it's when they lead themselves. So to your point, rather than waiting for someone to recognize your performance or I, you know, have the idea to promote you or even value your skill set, you're the one, as the leader, who says, here's what I want you to know about me this is who I am, this is where I want to go, and this is where I'd like to go next to get there. When you can communicate like that, other people will see that in you too, and they'll want to get on board and help you succeed.
0: So a lot of women seem to be reluctant to share that information, like somehow they see it as bragging or being you know, self-centered. Um, can you suggest a way that they can frame that so that, they will be comfortable with sharing that information
2: earlier we talked about practicing your message i <laughs> recommend practicing a message and also getting very comfortable with it so that may mean decoupling your emotions with the message it may mean watching other people and how they deliver a message and recognizing that you can say very powerful things about yourself and your achievements without sounding like you're bragging or taking credit from anyone else. Because you're not. You're stating the facts and you're helping other people see through for who you really are.
0: And you're showing them how you could be helpful to them.
2: You're showing them how you can be helpful to them. That's absolutely right. And when you can take a perspective like that, it really changes the whole experience.
0: Beautiful. We're just about out of time, and I want to ask you, is there some final word you would like to give to women listening to this show?
2: Earlier we were talking about this glass ceiling, uh, that metaphor has been around for over 30 years. And, in fact, the, the research that Howard and I conducted for the book involved over 100 interviews with executive women. And the most frequent comment we heard was, I can't believe we're still talking about this after 30 years. Now I think there's something that you can do about that, personally, yourself. So my advice is, rather than continuing to hammer at the door or bang on the glass ceiling, hoping that something will change, stop hammering away. Go get some good information. Get some feedback. Learn about yourself. When you have that, you can learn to lead yourself to higher and higher positions in leadership.
0: What final words of advice would you like to give people listening to this show?
2: The best place to start when it comes to advancing yourself is to know where you are today. If you can identify where you're strong and where you need to improve, you can go straight to work leading yourself and making changes to become very powerful in those areas that will break you through to the kind of success and achievement you want for yourself. On my website, I have a self-assessment that you can use to do that kind of analysis. It's totally free. It's very brief. What it will do is help you identify how well you score against the nine advantages for women in leadership and where you naturally excel as well as where you might want to improve. So I recommend that women go to the website and feel free to take that as a starting point.
0: Could you give us that website address, please?
2: Sure. It's thenewadvantagebook.com.
0: Beautiful. Thank you so much for taking the time to come on our show today. We really appreciate it. I hope you like this show. If you did, I would really appreciate your help. I need more great reviews in iTunes or Stitcher.com because every great interview we get allows more women like you to discover the show and will help them to succeed too. Please visit iTunes or Stitcher and subscribe to Women's Leadership Success podcast. Also, I really appreciate you sharing my show with your friends and associates. Thanks for listening.
1: Thank you for joining your host, Sabrina Brahm, on another Women's Leadership Podcast. If you have questions or comments, you can email her at sabrina at sabrinabraum.com.